Mercy. <laughs> What's that voice? What's what? that? Whose voice is that? That's the voice inside my head. Give me some some more information about this voice inside your head. Is it a friend? Is it an enemy? I'm Esco Wilson, and this is the Self-Awakened Lifestyle. I'm a lifestyle designer and performance coach. I've helped hundreds of professionals learn how to tap into their power of their innate potential and thrive on a whole new level. I've seen lives change. I've seen my own life change, and I want to help more people. That's what this podcast is all about. Bringing my own experience together with scientific principles and holistic practices to help listeners enhance their personal and professional performance. In each episode, I guide my guests through a difficult issue or challenge. And through the mind-body-spirit connection, we will expand what's possible. In the summer, 2003, in August, me and my crew, my drug crew, hosted a block party. We got city officials to sign the permits, and it was a big event. We wanted to share a festive occasion with our community. I mean, you picture children ages 6 to 15 playing in the street with music, eating food. It's a block party. During this time, I was out on bail and I was facing my federal charges and I wanted to show that I wasn't nervous. I wasn't scared. I got this. I'm still the person that you know me to be. We're hosting the block party. The weather is terrible. This is August, middle of the summer, and it's raining and it's cold. But kids and mothers and cousins, they still come out. It's not as crowded as we initially anticipated, but it's still a festive occasion. And we're still able to pat ourselves on the back and say, look at what we're doing for our community. We accept who we are. Look at how we're doing good things. In the middle of this festive occasion, one of various competitors, enemies, however you want to phrase it, starts to engage with one of my partners and it escalates. Arguments turn into yelling and screaming and it's posturing in the middle of a community event. In these type of situations, we reach a tipping point. Somebody pulls out a weapon. Somebody pulls out a gun. What is going to happen in that moment? What does that mean? Who's going to cave in? Who's going to shoot first? Who's going to retreat first? So the same kids and cousins and community members, they're scattered. They're running. Me, certain members of my crew, we stand right there. We didn't pull out the guns. Now who's going to back down? I stand there and you watch yourself breathe. You watch your heartbeat. And in that moment, my heart did not beat fast. My breath cadence did not change. I was totally embodied in the identity of this gangster persona. I am not scared. Even when the individual points the gun into the sky, shoots off around, you hear the thunder. More people scatter, standing right there, daring him to take that next step. Do you dare try to shoot at me? More posturing, hollering, screaming, 
Then they just walk away as if they won that battle, trying to prove who's the most confident, who's the bully on the block. It took about 12 seconds after this individual walked away where it's called a vascular loop shifted and all of the chemical secretions in my bloodstream had an impact and I started to shake. If you stared at me, you could see me shaking. You could see me scared. So in my mind, Esco, why are you shaking? You scared? Stop shaking. Don't let nobody see you shake. The only thing I could do is sit down on the stoop, tuck my chin, put my face in my hands, and watch myself shake internally. That's when I knew I am not a gangster. That's when I knew that my body and how I was brought up and how I'm programmed was not ready for this level of intensity. But a member of my crew, totally different. In that same 12 seconds, he calmly got the car keys, jogged around the block, hopped into the Jeep, turned the Jeep on, drove around the block, rolled down the window, and proceeded to shoot at that individual. His response versus my response, two different identities. And mind you, I'm the leader of the crew. I'm the one who's scared in that moment. And my body shaking let me know who I really was. My guest today is John. I invited John on the show today because he's a very powerful example of how the body keeps the score. His mind is powerful. He's super smart. He can come up with many strategies. He's an advisor to people who are suffering from addiction. He's a very beautiful person who happens to suffer from body tremors. And in any moment, unpredictable moments, fear and anxiety inside of John emerges out for all to see. Okay, John, what's going on? Uh, it's uh, the end of the day, and I am in a happy mood. What do you want people to know about you? My name's John. I've been working with ESCO for, is it four years now? My own life kind of unraveled. Oh, about eight years ago, I stopped working seven years ago. And instead of looking for another job, I pretty much devoted my time to self-awareness and growth. And one of the things I started doing was getting exercise. And I first started out with yoga. I bought the line, mind, body, spirit. Bye unity. I knew I wasn't connected on all three levels. And learning more about my body um, was something I wanted to do. And I now work with ESCO three times a week and I do yoga twice a week. So I'm in my body five times a week. And that's something that I think I'm going to say not only am I happy about, but I'm proud. Okay. What do you really want to know about yourself? Well, that I'm okay. That I'm okay as I am. That I have the power to change. But that I'm okay as I am. 
I was recently talking to a client about passive acceptance. Passive acceptance. I'm okay the way I am. As a foundation. As a foundation. A good baseline. And when you're ready to move beyond this baseline, still allowing acceptance, but being more proactive with accepting. Accepting your weaknesses. Accepting your ability to condition your weaknesses into growth. Accepting the fact that you can create your greatest achievements moving forward. What do your greatest achievements look like? Well, there's no question that you start with acceptance. I'm actually in a much better place today than I was four years ago than when I started with you. And so there's been progress. Now, one of the things that's becoming very clear to me, and this is what answering your question is, and where do I want to go? Because that is my choice. What are the things I do want to change? At a certain point, I want to be able to do exercise by myself. I want to have the motivational uh, capacity to deal in the realm of the physical discomforts that I don't need someone next to me to do this, that I'll be able to take on um, this self-care all by myself. That's a goal. In, uh, greater goals in my life are, you know, to probably enjoy myself more with human beings in social settings. I have a, a fairly wide circle of friends. No question that I have respect in my life, but I think I would like to have greater comfort in, in more social settings. So when I interview people and I coach them, I just listen to when they're protecting themselves with a, just a menu of words and ideas that are hiding something much deeper. And that's what I'm literally watching in this moment. Fair or unfair? I don't think it's fair. Okay. So social settings, what does that mean? Are you talking about dating? No, actually, I am dating. And actually, that's something very good in my life right now. But what I was really referring to is I've overextended myself a few times without setting up appropriate boundaries. And... I think if I had been more comfortable in myself, I, I would not have done that. I let some people stay in my apartment a little longer than I wanted to. That I'm not going to say that haunts me, but I actually played a role of host, which a role I play well. And I wish I had probably been not so much host, but more John. What's the difference? When you play a role, you're not as direct and as honest. So what do you? You're, where were you not direct about? If you were John, no, what would you I, say different? In the moment, I accepted the length of their stay, and I probably should have shortened the length of their stay. And what would you say to them? So in a comfortable way, in a social setting, what would you say? I said I can do this with you, but I think my own limits are that are such that you probably should find a couple other days to stay somewhere else. Okay. But you did not say that. I didn't say that. And I didn't say it because the person was aware of that I had let other people stay here. And I think I learned from that experience that I felt I had extended myself too much. I think I want to be able to say what I want and what my limits are. Okay. Especially in your own home. 
part of me is avoiding confrontation. Well, that's absolutely true. But where are my limits? Well, you know, one of the things I've talked to you about is we're doing something in exercise and I'll say something. I'll say what I know. And what happens? What do I do? You chill. But then I start shaking because I put myself out about what I know in the moment. And I'm, I'm afraid of what will happen. Right. So in the middle of a confrontation. Yes, that's right. And in this moment, what I, I'm actually kind of aware of is I'm not shaking now. Maybe I'll shake a little later, uh, Esco, but I'm not shaking now. Oh, okay. This is, that's tremendous. Remember the, the wall exercise we were doing the other day where, you know, I, I couldn't get in the posture and my normal reaction is you're telling me to do a pose. I'll go do it. Even if I don't know how, and I will struggle to do it as best I can. <laughs> What's that voice? What's what? that? Whose voice is that? That's the voice inside my head. Give me some, some more information about this voice inside your head. Is it a friend? Is it an enemy? Masculine? Feminine? What? It's the skull. The what? The skull. The skull. And, yeah. It's and, called the skull? Okay. Yeah. And one of the things I know, I can fall into that pattern of trying to people please. I can fall into that pattern of being fearful that I am not getting it done. And then, yes, I am afraid. And one of the things I do with the skull at times when I'm in a good place is I talk back to it in a way that says, hey, look, you're really not helping me here. You know, I, I think you want what's best for me. That's one of the tricks I play with that voice. So when you're shaking, first describe the shake. The shake is, um, I think it's, a, it's clearly a manifestation of fear. Often, the shake is me trying to contain. I don't want to let out the fear. I don't want to let it out, so I hold it in, and, and then, it's, then I'm shaking because I can't contain it. So it's, it's kind of two things at once. Then there are times when what it really is is the final relaxation where the, the body is letting go. I don't know exactly the first time I had the shakes, but I know they showed up when I was going through a divorce. Um, I had uh, let my wife know that I had cheated on her. How long ago was this? In October of 2013. That hurt her deeply. And there was a lot of anger in the, in the household. Now, in me disclosing that, to her. It was a cry for help. And yet what was being returned at times was very helpful, but also it was it, the, the facts were destabilizing to her. So she had a lot of rage. So in her rage, I'd be hurt. And then I still want to seek her help. And I think the shakes showed up there. That's when they showed up. John has an emotional pattern conditioning that now manifests as physically shaking and body tremors. I want to explore the person inside of him. So who is this person? This person graduated from Yale. This person is a Wall Street veteran. This person has a very powerful analytical mind. So he's very 
intelligent. It gets to a point where he has to confess to his wife. Now, imagine the level, the intensity of stress coming clean. And in that moment, it reached a crescendo because there's a heated exchange. There's multiple heated exchanges, screaming that on top of the moment, already in intense moments, on top of it, it just led to something breaking, something overloading. And he just started having tremors ever since then. Started having like uncontrollable shaking in his body, which can happen now in any moment. It'll happen in many, many moments during a conditioning session. It's almost to the point, I know how to stimulate it. I can take him to a certain edge physiologically. That's why we do interval training. And I can give him a certain persona, a look in my eyes, a certain tonality in my voice, where he believes that I'm judging him. And the shakes, the probability of them emerging is very high in that situation. Physiological strain on top of internal criticism will provoke body tremors. So I never purposely push him to that limit, but I have to be able to predict it so that I can create protective mechanisms away from it. So, and this is actually part of the conditioning, the ability to enhance regulation. He can watch himself get very close to shaking. But what precipitates the shaking? The voice, the scold. If he's aware of the scold before it has its impact on the body, he can indirectly slow down the tremors. He can lessen the probability of having the shakes by having a conversation with the skull before it has an emotional overload on him. So we practice interval training. So his heart rate will go up. There'll be a lot of physiological stress, a lot of intensity. And the beautiful thing is he can watch himself recover. And that ties into the growth mindset. Wow, look at me manage stress. Look at me take it to an overload and recover. And then purposely try again to introduce some more stress into my being so that I can learn how to adapt. My self-concept is now growing because I'm watching myself adapt to this stress. And the adaptation is a beautiful practice. So he's watching himself recover energetically and he's watching his nervous system regulate. All of these experiences give new information about his capabilities. It allows him to speak to his body in a deep and intimate way. That way, he can learn from it, learn from the many, many mistakes that his body will make and have enough information to support his body. And I want him to accept the fact that he has the capability to do that. So you're going through a divorce. You just revealed something to your wife. She's very upset and she pulls away her love, her support, her connection to you. When I need it most. So, and, and, and yet I understand, you know, right now I understand her, her anger. I, I understood it then. Anger, like screaming at you, yelling at you, anger. That happened. Yes. <laughs> yes, that happened. I developed a capacity to just hold in things, you know, which is one of the patterns I see in my life. How has that impacted you? How's that played out? Do you, throughout your life? Well, um, I've been in 
a recovery for some time. <laughs> I've been in recovery about nine years since I made an explosion, my wife, but I abused alcohol. I abused sex. I know that when overwhelmed by feelings, I would numb them and uh, not express them. Talk to me about acceptance. I'm listening to your voice and the cadence. It has like a certain temperature and weight, the way you're delivering your message right now. And I'm curious about acceptance as I'm listening to you speak right now. Well, acceptance is everything. You know, we talked about growth, but it starts with acceptance. I would say when you finally understand yourself and your humanity, you accept yourself and you mm -hmm. accept yourself all parts. Indeed, mm -hmm. at some point, the shape may never go away, but mm -hmm. my acceptance of it will change it. That's mm -hmm. what I believe. And the acceptance of the person who has accepted it and who is moving forward and who is doing big things, dating, moving forward, working out multiple times a week. That's the person that I know is John. Yeah, that's right. So if you truly, truly, truly accept, well, then you get to ask for help. Then you don't have to have fear, you know. Then you don't have to have fear. And and I can trust. I can trust Esco. Instead of rushing up to, oh, Esco wants to get me in this position. I can say, Esco, show me again what I need to do. And that's where my growth will come from, is in my capacity to reach out and accept help from others. With the intention being? Ultimately, I, that I'll be asking them to help me learn to live a better life, to learn how to really adjust so that I can do my own self-care, that I can better communicate. Slow down for a second, because you're still in that passive acceptance mode, in my opinion. So think of acceptance on one level as a passive endeavor versus a proactive endeavor. And if we are traveling down the avenue of a more passive type of acceptance, then we create environmental cues that'll stimulate and let us regulate within that acceptance. So the critical question is what happens when our default is ready for more than just a passive acceptance. So before we started to accept who we are, we were overcritical about it and we were harsh and we were sad about it. Then we elevated to a level of acceptance. I am who I am. And that became our new default over time. So we elevated our default. So we changed how we react to the narratives. At some point, that becomes our new baseline. And what happens when it's time to move beyond that? You know what? I actually believe that I can grow, that I can evolve. So I think that's the debate between his level of acceptance and the concept of a more proactive acceptance. I'm curious about more than just being able to take care of yourself. What's bigger than that? What can you accept the biggest, the grand scheme, your highest potential? That's what I'm curious about. Can you work out by yourself? Easy. 
easy. What's the grand scheme? What's big? Can we accept that we want to move forward into the grand scheme with a high potential of failing because we're trying something big? That's what I'm curious about. Can we accept that? Yes, because, and what I have to do is let go of the fear. The fear has no benefit. I'm going to challenge you again. I'm going to challenge you again. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. You can challenge me all, all you want. It's a beautiful signal. It, well, it's a beautiful, I think what it's it tells you. It could give you the awareness of opportunity to really, really go deep into self. You're talking about it as a signal. I would talk about it as, as something that you move into, you, you chip away at. Now, um, one of the things I know is that if I say, oh, this is a goal, almost immediately, immediately, I will be afraid and I will have that scold voice tell me all the ways that I will fail. Okay. What are you doing now that's causing you to fail? I don't think I value myself as much as I should. Okay. You know, and I think I've started to value myself more. I understand that I have limits and that I don't have to put myself out past those. That's valuing myself. I have to articulate my dissatisfactions and I, and I have to be constructive in, in my statements. But I, I have to be honest in the dissatisfactions, which is potential conflict. Okay. And in situations where there's conflict or there's some social engagement and the shakes emerge, what typically happens for you in your mind? I get nervous. I become a person I don't want to be. Okay. Talk to me about this person that you don't want to be. Describe him. He's striving to please and ultimately he's playing a losing game because he doesn't quite know what will please? I'm going to put it in my own voice instead of in the third person. So I, I lose um, my sense of my own value. That's acceptance right there. You shifting into the first person, beautiful act of acceptance. And allowing this person that you don't want to be to be identified as you, to be acknowledged as you, to be validated as a part of you. So sometimes we talk about benefits and non-benefits from fear. And you'll see me like jump in and be like, hold on, I challenge you. There are benefits in fear. Same way, I'm going to challenge you. Or I'm going to explore curiosity. We can change that language. It doesn't have to be a challenge. We can just explore this idea of acceptance, whether it be passive or proactive or whatever. So you're watching yourself in the moment from a distance. And that's being the observer. I'm curious about having the experience and being the observer simultaneously. I'm not there yet, Esco. That's where I'm trying to get. Nice. Yes. Grand scheme. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's slow down. Good. Progress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're releasing now. Yeah. We want the shakes to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to the workout. The workout builds stress. And so the question becomes, can you step back from the stress or do you fall down in the stress? That's why I love mindfulness in the workout. That's why I love the runner's high because you can embody it and still be watching from a distance. You can still be in a meditative state, a flow state and be performing at a high level. Some people call that being in the zone. Yes, that's what we're talking about. So let's use this analogy of being in the zone. 
That means you're totally regulated, like low beta, high alpha state brainwaves, like really intuitive, imaginative, creative, logical, rational, all at the same time, while feeling in the, in your body, the heartbeat accelerated, sweating, breath cadence way high. Your body is stressed. That's when you're in the zone. That's when you're in that peak performance. That's when that window of opportunity where the grand scheme emerges and shows itself, you can live it. You can embody it. You can be totally regulated while having one of the biggest tremors in your life. Totally regulated, watching yourself. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. Yes, yes. Instead of it being outside me, I want to step inside. We'll get there. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. So how do we help John partner with his internal critic so that he's engaged in deliberate practice, so that he is willing to say, yes, I made a mistake and I am willing to make the corrections and the adjustments and the modifications so that I'm not making those mistakes anymore. I'm learning from them. I'm enhancing myself from them. And what's the sweet spot between pushing an edge of anxiety that can be actually motivating and provoking without tipping over into body tremors, without tipping over into harsh internal criticism. So my intention working with John is to help build those deliberate practices where he knows if I engage in these practices consistently for an extended period of time while regulating within these practices, I will transform. I might be able to transform past body tremors. I might be able to transform past harsh internal criticism to the point where I am purposely developing the life of my dreams. So for all of us who can embrace John's situation and his story, and we're looking for opportunities to partner with internal criticism so that we're able to guide our performance, able to guide our attempts at excellence in a way that is beautiful, in a way that is graceful, in a way that is true internal personal development. My biggest suggestion is allow yourself to become comfortable around the people who exhibit the transformation that you would like to manifest in yourself. Create regulation practices that allows you to feel comfortable with yourself, that allows you to listen to that internal voice while sitting in the presence of people that you admire. I am Esco Wilson, and you've been listening to The Self-Awakened Lifestyle. You can find out more about me at theselfawakenedlifestyle.com. I'd like to thank John for coming to the show today. The Self-Awakened Lifestyle is part of the Mercy FM podcast network, which also includes shows like Soul Savvy Business and Just Between Coaches. This episode was produced by Cynthia Lamb. Melissa Deal assembled the episode. Danny Eaney is our executive producer. And post-production was by Post Office Sound. So you don't miss upcoming episodes, please follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. If you like the show, please leave us a five-star review. 
It really does help us out. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time.